Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Fridays, we call it the I Work For Him Radio Roundtable. And today, that roundtable looks different than it's ever looked before. And it will probably not likely ever look like this again. Super big thanks go out to the entire Salem Media Group team. But of course, especially on Fridays to Jose Cruz. He'll do an outstanding job. Hey, you know, every day I ask you to join the I Work For Him Nation. And I know there's probably four guys sitting in my room right now. They haven't joined the I Work For Him Nation yet. But let me just tell you what the I Work For Him Nation is all about. We're looking for Christ followers around the country to make the commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. We're looking for Christ followers around the country to look for ways to serve the people in their workplace, look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace, and look for opportunities to pray with people in their workplace when they notice that their attitude, their demeanor is just downtrodden. But all along, we're looking for members of the I Work For Him Nation we're looking for them to be members, people of excellence in the workplace, people that do outstanding work, so much so that it irritates the people around you. Not in a bad way, but in a good way. That you're encouraging people because you are a light no matter what you do. That's what the members of the I Work For Am Nation are. Every day people join from around the world because they understand that the transformation in this world is going to happen not inside the four walls of the church. The transformation of our country and around the world is going to happen in the workplace as we bring our faith to the workplace. Remember, your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. But that does take a paradigm shift in your minds. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We got a very extra, super duper, unbelievably stinking special show today. In studio with me today. That's right, Chris. Stinking. That's right. In studio today, four guys that I grew up with in my church youth group. There are no four people in the world, not even my wife, that have known me as long as these three, these four guys. And uh, we shared a lot of memories together. Probably way too many. To my left, Scott Evenson, known him 42 years. Next to him, Jeff Lindstrom, known him 40 years. Chris Fish, known him 40 years. Mark Pearson, you got to hear him yesterday, the president and CEO of Nepsis Capital. You've known him for 35 years. These guys and I, we've walked with the Lord together for a lot of years. We've seen a lot of road. We've experienced a lot of things, some things we can't share on the air. 
<laughs> hey, 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 no, your mics are off, and there's a reason for that. Shoot. Anyway, oh no, they're on. Jose, you're supposed to keep their, their I'm mics not on. on. Yeah, no, you're not on. All right, so listen, today's the focus of today's show. These guys are all in town today because in the last 12 months, we all turn, we've all turned 50. I have yet to turn 50. I turned 50 in, in June, but we've all turned 50. We've shared our lives together. Scott and Chris and Jeff and I, since we were in elementary school, and Mark, since we were in high school. And, and so we just, we're celebrating our birthdays together in Florida. These guys flew in from the frozen tundra and from North Carolina, and we are just, we're just going to have a good time. And so you're going to hear from four guys about their professions, about how they're using their, their faith in their workplace, how it's impacting what they do. You're going to hear a little bit about their marriages. You're going to hear a little bit about the, the ministries that they're involved in and uh, probably some bragging about certain things, you know, like who's won risk more often and uh, who won bocce ball over lunch today? Who won bocce ball? Uh, that would be Senior Smoke. Mark Pearson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We had to let him win, didn't we, boys? Yes, yeah. we did. <laughs> Correct that's me if right. I'm wrong, but did I not call? Not only did I win, did I not call the wins before they happened? I thought that was... Did I not call the wins before they happened? Oh, that's just all like, I'm asking. Jose, there's no way you'll ever be able to keep up with these guys going on and off of the mic. Just leave them on it. It'll just be one of those free-for-alls. All right, so <laughs> here's what we're going to do. We're, as we do, I do this with every guest, and we've done it for over 500 shows. I just want to hear really quickly, how is Jesus making a difference in your life today? And Scott, you said not to go first, so we'll go with Chris first. <laughs> how, how's Christ making a difference in your life today? Um, that's a good question. Um. I sent the questions two weeks ago, just for, your, just for the record. <laughs> it's still a good question. <laughs> uh, Jesus is constantly at work in my life, and uh, sometimes I wonder when he's going to get done teaching me things, because I'd kind of like to take a break. When we're dropping but, uh, you in the ground, buddy, when we're <laughs> dropping you in the ground. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of things as far as uh, as far as what I like about worship, what, uh, how, how my, uh, ministry with the Chancellor's Quartet, uh, is going and where it's going. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of different things like that. Mark, we'll go to you for how is Christ making a difference in your life? 30 seconds. Well, of course I talked, I talked on it yesterday, but, uh, Christ is making an impact in my life every day by the people he surrounds me with, by the opportunities I have to have kingdom impact. And uh, by the mere fact that he continually keeps me humble, keeps me on track, and is constantly teaching me, as as uh, Fishy said, about uh, how he wants us to be obedient in serving him. You know, what a privilege it is today for me to be in the studio with these four guys. As we have shared so much life together, we have shared our walks in Christ together, we have done, we have, we've all... We've all been involved in each other's weddings. Uh, I think that that's all the case. I mean, it just, it's been unbelievable, the life that we've shared. And what's cool is to see how much of life we've shared. And as we now grow old, all of us half a century or older, uh, it's amazing to see what God's got in the, ready for our second half. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We're grateful that you're tuning in. And we hope that something we say today, even on today's show, will cause you to dig deeper into your faith. I've got in studio today four 
four of my longest time friends. These guys and I uh, hung out. In fact, two of these guys dated my wife. That's kind of weird, but but it's true. We're still friends. That was before she was my wife, of course. And, and Martha. <laughs> That doesn't get any better now. I just got to walk away from that one. We all grew up together in in church together, and uh, we spent a lot of time together. And so today we're celebrating our 50th birthdays this weekend, and I wanted to bring them on the air because these four guys uh, have made such an impact on my life, some of which I've need counseling for, but that's okay. All right, so we're talking about how Christ is making an impact on your life today. So, Jeffy, talk about how Christ is making a difference in your life today. I would say that over the last few years, my faith has really grown strong because I'm focusing more on the little things. And I have a tendency to kind of drive my own boat. I don't know if anyone else is there with me, but, you know, try to do it all myself. Lord, you know what? I got this. I can handle this. And I think it's just, it's so paramount to listen to his, his small voice and to know that he is going to be the one that's going to be driving and taking care of us. That's pretty cool. It's got to make Holly happy to hear that one. Uh, yeah, I think she's probably smiling right now. It makes a big difference in your marriage when we start to get that kind of attitude, too. I mean, it really makes a big Absolutely. difference. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and I, I'm not going to go off on that tangent yet. First of all, it's Scott. Then I'll go off on my tangent. Uh, Scott, you know, yes. you, you're the one that moved away from the tundra first. That's right. And then I moved on here to the paradise. <laughs> How, so, you know, you were at least the first one that alienated the team, and then, you know, then I started moving away. How is Christ making a difference in your life today? Uh, Well, through uh, challenges. Um, Moving to North Carolina was one, not knowing anybody, going to different churches, settling on one, and then doing things that I would normally never have done, being a very strong introvert, volunteering at churches, at our church, um, going to BSF Bible Study Fellowship on Are my you own. BSF right now? Yes, I so am. So you're doing the Revelation, Revelation study? Oh yes. man, I wanted to do that. I've gone so through six. It's wonderful. I highly recommend it. So doing things like that that I would never have done, but moving to North Carolina, having those opportunities, just being stretched, and being really dependent on Christ, has really focused my faith a lot more. How has any of the rest of you guys done BSF? I have no, not. Have not. Nope. I, I can't some... spell BSF. Mm. <laughs> B. Well, then I really recommend it for S. you. That's why. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the first thing they teach you. Is how to spell is how it. How to spell it. That's right. All right. So let's talk about what you do for a living. You know, because that's one thing guys always talk about. Hey, what do you do? Who are you? What do you do? Oh, okay. So there's different questions that give different answers to that question. I should not have had that chocolate bar before the show. Talk to me about what you do, Scott, and how you incorporate your faith into what you do. Okay. I am a GIS analyst for the town of Holly Springs, so I'm in government work. Uh, I basically work with a com- with computers to create maps for the town. And I think... Like maps of the plumbing maps, underground, yeah, maps of the electrical right. Water, underground. Water, sewer, storm drain. Just yep. infrastructure. Okay. Um, I think, to twist your question around a little bit, I think the town has... Uh, helped me with my faith, ironically, because it's we have we celebrate National Day of uh, of Prayer. We all uh, every year go somewhere and pray, and that's uh, strengthened it. We've had a number of sicknesses and deaths where we gather around in a circle, hold hands, and pray for that person. Um, this is in a workplace, in a government workplace, and I'm so proud to be working there when that happens. It's very encouraging. So I just, I, I soak that in 
and I participate in it, and I love it. It's it's wonderful because I've worked in the private industry where that just would not happen. Yeah, that ah, plus I was the boss. All right, so Chris, talk about what you do and how you incorporate your faith into what you do. I am my official title is data steward for Ooh. for Ecolab. That sounds really Christian. <laughs> it does sound like it's a Christian <laughs> it's like title. A super important. Yeah, this guy. Thing. Um, and basically, I uh, I work with the other data guys on a particular project and. Um, make sure the data is looking good, basically. Looking um, good. <laughs> You're a computer geek. Just say it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's basically it. Talk about Shiracoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, as far as how I incorporate my faith, I think the the biggest thing for me is uh, I always want to be the guy at work that's got a good attitude. Um, and, uh, is the one that people come to and can rely on and, uh, can trust. And I think that completely comes from my faith in Christ. Now at Ecolab, say I said it right that time. Um, I mean, do you, how long have you been there as an employee? Uh, actually just since December. So have you had any opportunities where because of your reputation, people have come to you and say, hey, would you pray with me about that yet? Not yet. Still a little new there. Yeah. All right. That's pretty cool. All right, Jeffy, what do you do? I am a property adjuster. So I I meet people at generally at their worst time in need. So, you know, whether it's uh, storms, hail, wind, water, fire, whatever. And so I have really neat opportunities I have to kind of be careful with, you know, with clients obviously sharing my faith, but there's, there's sometimes where I feel, you know, feel real comfortable with it. And so I'm actually get to pray with some people, which is just such a blessing. And then I also, on the other side of it, I get to meet a lot of contractors because as the insurance side of things, you know, those are the other guys on the other side. And so I've actually been able to witness to them as well. The Lord has just really giving me the opportunity to really share my faith through the years um, in my job. It's really, really neat. Mm, that's cool. Mark Pearson, president and CEO of Nepsis Capital. He was on the air with me yesterday. If you missed that show, you really need to go back and listen to it because he was able to spend an entire hour being transparent. Mark's been a longtime supporter of our work for him. Mark Pearson, what do you do and how do you incorporate your faith in what you do? But do this in like a minute or less, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that capable of that? <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I uh, am the uh, founder and uh, president at Nepsis Capital Management. We're a money management and wealth planning firm out of Minneapolis. And how I incorporate my faith into my business uh, it starts actually with the name of the company, which has to do with clarity. And uh, I believe that we're all, and I talk often about how people are on their own journey. We all, listening on the program here, have different experiences, have different gifts and talents that God is trying to draw us closer to him through. And uh, my job, ultimately, is to provide a new level of clarity to bring people to the next stage in their life, in their faith, and in their goals and planning. What's fun about hearing those stories is is that we have, you know, because we're all so busy and we have spread ourselves around the country and you guys around Minneapolis, we have all grown in our faith in different churches. I mean, we all grew up in the same church and we've all spread out the churches around the, the country. 
But yet we have all found us a, a place that has drawn us more to our knees, drawn us deeper into our faith. We were joking last night uh, about, you know, I, I remember this. You know, Martha and I talk on Tuesdays, every Tuesday, about marriage and relationships. Because if your marriages are a mess, then it, then it dives into whatever you do during the day and, and messes it up. And I always say on the air, I only remember the sermons where it said, wives, submit to your husbands. I remember Amen, that. Okay. brother. Okay. Wait. <laughs> Mark, you're not going to like what I follow up that. Yeah, right. you might want Easy. To okay. The minutes so, up. But but I remember that's right. It. But I get the whole show. Oh. Okay. So but I remember that part. But as Martha and I have done marriage mentoring now 17 years, the first part of that verse was, um, "Husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her." Do you guys ever remember that part of the sermon? I don't. Crickets. Crickets. No, I do. <laughs> You do, Chris? Not always. From growing up at our church? Oh, no. No, no. Absolutely. Yeah, no. I'm not saying your wife's not even listening. What a suck up. Liar. And so I I get, you know, it's frustrating. We grew up in a very conservative church. We were all joking and we all learned about the Holy Spirit somewhere else. And that we, um, you know, Scott was joking and like, well, you know, we we couldn't listen to this kind of music. This wasn't the way it was in all of our households. No drinking, no music, blah, blah, blah. I mean, but it was. But this whole thing that bothers me is that, man, I wasn't taught how to have a solid marriage because it wasn't, I mean, it always told, well, wives, submit to your husbands, but it wasn't, oh, by the way, husbands, you have a little bit higher responsibility here. We've got my four buddies that we grew up in youth group with. I got Scott Evenson, Jeff Lindstrom, Chris Fish, and Mark Pearson, president and CEO of Nepsis Capital, longtime supporter of I Work For Him. We're in a studio just sharing. We've shared 50 years of lives, not all of us, all of them at the same time. Scott and I have shared 42 out of 50 of our years. And Mark, all the way down to, he has shared 35 of those years, the four, of, the five of us together. And we've got some memories, and we're not going to share most of those. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's right. We're not going to share most of those because our wives are listening. And they might. we don't want them to learn things they haven't ever heard before. But we did have a lot of fun growing up together. And uh, But w- what I want to talk in this hour, this quarter hour, how about this segment? That's what I want to say, is the ministries that we're involved in, the things we get to do. Chris and Jeff, you guys are involved in the Chancellor Quartet. And Chris, you did it first, and then Jeff, you joined them. And uh, now how long has that been, Chris? You've been involved in the Chancellors. Uh... It's actually been over 20 years now. No way! Which wow. is unbelievable to me. You're old. <laughs> great. Wow. I joined in 95, so. I, I did not realize it was that long. Yep. Wow. That's staggering. I didn't know that. Jeffy, mm-hmm. how long have you been involved? I've been in there for 50 years now. 50 years? <laughs> so you started right in, in utero? Is I that actually, what you're saying? I actually started before the group started. Oh, um, you, you did? 10 years. 10 years. Wow. Jeffy, we're trying to have a real serious radio show here. Okay, Sorry. so what kind of music do you guys sing, Jeff? Southern gospel. We have a, su- a flair for Southern gospel music. And being from Minnesota, that really it, it works totally out. makes sense. <laughs> totally makes sense because we grew up. These guys all grew up. Their number one band was Rush. So how do you translate that into being in a Southern gospel quartet? Chris, yes. you you were a drum player. You still playing drums, right? Yep. Okay. So, but I mean, you would try to play those funky, you know, measures from Rush and all the different meters and everything. And, and now you play Southern gospel. Yeah, it's it was good training because now I could play anything Southern Gospel because Southern <laughs> Gospel is pretty much just boom check boom check <laughs> boom chicka boom check boom. <laughs> but uh, we actually uh, about uh, twelve years ago or so we we used to travel with four singers, uh, piano, bass, guitar, and drums, and I was the drummer. And about twelve years ago, 
uh, the, our piano player had to bow out and our baritone had to bow out. And so I switched from drums to singing baritone and we just went with the four singers. So you can't sing baritone and play drums? Well, kind of, but having just four singers and a drummer looks kind of funny. <laughs> okay, so what? where do you guys, where are you singing? What, what, what kind of venues are you singing in, Jeffy? Singing in mostly in churches, uh, although we just had our big uh, quartet convention last weekend, right, Chris? Yep. Why are you asking Chris? Weren't you there? I was there. Okay. But I just wanted <laughs> so to So where confirm. was it? Uh, it was in Burnsville. Burnsville! B-U-R-N-S-V-I-L-L-E. Go Braves! That's right. Why wasn't I invited? You wouldn't have come even if we invited you. It's a good point. Why is your mic not even on? Because I told him to be very careful about your mic. There's a seven-second delay on your mic alone. I think he prays for us. But I always got a lot of garbage from all you guys about you know living on the other side of the river growing up. And now Mark got his son at my alma mater, Burnsville. And you know Jeff, you live on the other side of the river. I mean, it's kind of nice that you guys finally migrated. Chris, of course, you went north. And Scott just went all the way to the east coast talk to me about the the song that we're going to play uh this song is called body of the lord and it was actually written by uh, a good friend of ours michael fisher who uh was our piano player at the time and he now lives in wasa wisconsin and uh when he came to audition for piano he said uh, i don't really have any southern gospel songs so i whipped something up last night he plays us this song, it's unbelievable, and so we put it on the album. All right, here we go. Let me be the hands, feet, heart, mind, body of the Lord. Let me be the touch, moving, sharing voice, body of the Lord. Let me be the eyes, ears, fingers, breath, body of the Lord. If we are the body, then we really ought to be all of the body of the Lord. Let me be the hands, feet, heart, mind, body of the Lord. Let me be the touch, moving, sharing voice, body of the Lord. Let me be the eyes, ears, fingers, breath, body of the Lord. If we are the body, then we really ought to be all of the body of the Lord. Some Christians like to sit in a pew and sing songs all the day. Some Christians like to study and wait. They meditate and pray. Now these are some things that will help you grow. They all are good to do. But you also need to get up on your feet and let the world see Christ through you. Let me be the hands, feet, heart, mind, body of the Lord. Let me be the touch, moving, sharing voice, body of the Lord. Let me be the eyes. I love this. Like it's like hands and feet, but it's with four. I mean, that's fantastic. A lot of upbeat stuff. So the kinds of uh, groups that you're playing from, I mean, church crowds. Did people get up and and uh, clap hands when they're doing that? I mean, is this too? Is this a real white church crowd where they just sit there and look at you? Most most of our audience are have trouble getting up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. All right, so in these concerts, I know that you guys do a lot of sharing. You do a lot of preaching in between songs, things like that, sharing of your testimonies. How often do you get an opportunity to to lead somebody to Christ or to really dig deep into their lives during these concerts or the times afterwards? When we're uh, when we're introducing ourselves, and as the concert goes, we'll offer that 
you know, opportunity like Chris will be, you know, tearing down the all the stereo equipment and he'll say he's available Why aren't to you talk helping to people. Him? I'm doing the C D table. Oh, okay. Yeah, looking pretty <laughs> in front of people, trying to. Oh. Not not good. But anyway, we have a lot of opportunities that way. That's pretty cool. Chris, what is your favorite part about being in the Chancellors? Um it it is amazing to me how much uh, just singing some positive songs can minister to people. I, I am just blown away sometimes at how much, uh, some members of the audience will just come up and say, this is exactly what I needed. God really spoke to me through these songs. And, uh, yeah, it's just really great being, seeing evidence that God is doing stuff through you. All right. So Scott, you mentioned your MBSF. You've been doing it. This is your sixth year. That's right. Are you and Kelly involved in other ministries in your church outside of being involved in a BSF group? Uh, well, other than volunteering at yep. church, what we are you do doing when you volunteer? Up, we we were doing setup teardown because we're in a school right now, and we're actually uh, looking at land and stuff to build. But um, other than that, we I am a leader in our small group. We have a small group, and that's well, another you thing. Last night, right? That's right. I did. So I who led it out. last night? My beautiful wife, Kelly, led the group. Sorry, Kelly. Um, yeah, I no. really appreciate you letting them come down, though. Yes, thank you, Kelly. Uh, so we we lead that on uh, Thursday nights. Um, something again that the Lord has stretched me in doing. I'm not a leader. I call myself a facilitator, <laughs> and <laughs> it's one. A- it's wonderful. You get to know people on a on a much deeper level when you lead and even join a small group as part of your church. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the second half, okay? We're all 50. We've met, I don't know if Jim's any of us not 50. Well, I will be in 2 months. It what, you know, what do we got, you know, I don't think anybody's going to make 100. Well, certainly not Mark is going to have a heart attack long before then. I don't know who's going to have the heart attack first. Is it going to be Mark or I? Oh, what wow. are you talking really about? Morbid. I mean, yeah, I'm not morbid. I'm not going to die from my heart attack again. I know. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to I Work Ram with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Surrounded by friends today in the studio, four guys that have shared almost, well, the 80 plus percent of our lives together. Uh, we have well, grew up in youth group together, grew up in church together, and uh, we're just sharing some stories. We've all turned 50. Well, I'm the last one that turns 50. We've all turned 50 in the last year, and, and it's really for a lot of people, they look at 50 as kind of middle age. I don't know if I ever want to be 100. I really don't think the world's ready for me to be 100. I think I'll just be cranky by the time I'm 100. And if I got to drive in traffic in Tampa Bay for another 50 years, well, maybe we'll have those cars that drive themselves by then, I suppose. Hey, Barbara, thanks for calling in and winning the CDs. We'll get those sent out to you next week. And I love your comment. At 50, you're just getting started. I've already lived three lives between now and when I started life, and I'm hoping the next 50 years or less will be a lot more relaxing. That's what I'm hoping. All right, so, gentlemen, the, the question is, and again, we're doing this so people can just hear different perspectives because people are inspired by faith stories. And we've all lived these 50 years. And, you know, we didn't bring our parents on to talk about those early years because we wouldn't want to be embarrassed. But as you look at 50 and you look at this is halftime, what are we going to do with the second half of our lives? What do you, what do you want to accomplish? What do, you, what do you want to do with your second half? Jeffy. Slow down. I think that... Over the last couple of years, you guys know that I lost both my parents and I just lost my brother-in-law a couple months ago. And 
it's just re- made me realize just how precious life is and how we just get so caught up in our own things and we don't we don't sit and wait and listen for him and it's so easy just to you know like i said earlier just to go on your own you know driving your own boat doing your own thing and not listening to his voice listening to his his still small voice and and for me that's hard i have to consciously relax and and to do that and it's not an easy thing but that's one of the big things for me chris um i was thinking about this and i was thinking i don't really know but <laughs> there, that's transparent uh good thing i wrote notes <laughs> but i think put your notes away jeffy my daughter's getting married this summer that and, freaks out yeah giddy and i think about uh some of the times that i wish i would have spent uh with my daughter and um i'm looking forward to when they start having kids because I want to, I want to be a bigger part of their lives. Mm. And, and it's tough. Yesterday we asked Mark about, uh, you know, did he did he ever ball when he walked Alyssa down the aisle? And he goes, no, no, I was fine. I'm like, whatever. You blubbered like a baby. I know you did. You just did it behind some door somewhere. I uh, did not. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> well, I know, I know. Even though Sarah and I, little Sarah and I, have butted heads the her entire life, I know I will ball like a little baby. I I balled at Joshua's. I told Mark yesterday it was between one of the breaks at Joshua's wedding that I was really fine right before the wedding until he walked up to me. And he gave me my credit card back. Uh, <laughs> nice. He gave me my credit, bar, he gives my my credit card back and he says, I guess it's up to me from here on out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, started, I lost it right there. I was like, wow. I wasn't expecting that one. Hope so, my daughter's listening that right there. <laughs> <laughs> and not credit card, duh, but credit cards. Uh. Yeah, you cried because she's still living in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine what my parents did. We She's lived making three me breakfast, months. though, and she makes the best nice. breakfast. Uh, all right. So, Mark, <laughs> yes. you, you're, you're, you're 50. You've accomplished a lot of things. You, of all the people, said when you know when we were in high school and in college, hey, this is what I want to do. We all knew you'd have something to do with the stock market because you were studying that stuff ridiculously when we were in high school and college. What What's next, what's, what's next for you in the second half? Well, I think that uh, if I was to think about where I am now, I never would have expected myself to be at to be blessed at this level that I have been so far. And so as I think about the next 50 years, I hope to live to 100 to 110. But uh, uh, my, my, <laughs> my, my hope is that I will be able to leverage what I learned from my mistakes and what the Lord's taught me in the first 50 years and leverage that in the next 50 years to have greater kingdom impact in, uh, in what I do. Scotty. Yes, what? The second half. What's sure. what's next for you? Uh, in the second what's half? next for me? I mean, you of all people probably re- re- will retire. Night. Will retire. You're going <laughs> to retire before all of us. Yeah, I am right. almost positive about that. Uh yeah, I have a number of goals personally and uh uh spiritually and just Running goals, I have, I want to finish BSF. There's nine of them now since Revelation came. John is next. I want to finish that and maybe even go through it again. When when Kelly and I do retire, whenever that is, I think we've been looking into mercy ship, uh, that kind Ooh. of ministry, doing something off, off uh, uh, away from the U.S. kind of thing. 
we're just tossing that idea around. Certainly getting more involved in our church. Um, and just, we, we love to just travel. So we're going to try to try to mix in some ministry with that. You're going to buy a motorhome? Yes, we are. Yes. Can I add one thing to mine? <laughs> no, Jeff, you've already had your chance. Of course you can add something <laughs> uh, else. It's, it's really important for me to spend more time with Holly. Mm. I have not spent enough time because I travel so much. Empty, being an empty nester has provided a lot more time for Martha and I. Of course, all we've done is work with it since we bought our business this last year. But it, it is it is interesting. Empty, and, and we always dated through it the whole process. But it's some days it's just lonely because there's nobody to argue with. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sarah was always, uh, she and I were always arguing. You've never had a problem arguing with yourself. I know. I can always, I am pretty good at arguing with myself. What did you say to me <laughs> yesterday, Mark? I was. I, I presume upon myself and I have arguments with myself. Either that or you're a legend in your own mind, I, I remember. Know. I'm a legend in your mind. Okay. Do you win your arguments, Jim? I do not usually win my own arguments. All right. So what's one thing you thought you would accomplish by 50 that you didn't accomplish that you're you're going to finish it this time? What are you going to do? Scotty, what's one thing you really want to accomplish by the time you're 50? A doggone it, you're going to do it now. Not a billionaire. What? You want to... I'm not a billionaire. You I really never, thought I would be. You never, ever said you want oh, to be a billionaire. That was never. Jeff, go ahead. Help me out. Uh, I don't know. I, well, I finally got a career. I'm 50 now, so I finally got a career. Uh, eventually, I would like to retire, but what is retiring, you know? So It's not biblical. It's okay. Yeah. I'll absolutely. never retire. Chris? I don't have an answer. That's not an option. You can't do that. We all have the answer. We all have to have answers. All right, so here's let me just share mine because I I've, I've been asking all the questions I've been sharing this. I always thought long before I'd be fifty that I would have been a pastor. But I always thought that I would have been a pastor, and that I mean the doors shut so many times. I'm like, okay, fine. But this radio, I, I would. I mean, even though the radio show gives me there's there's fifteen thousand people listening. I that's what I I think I'm actually mature enough. To maybe be a pastor as long as it's Martha and I together <laughs> doing marriage ministry. I mean, I really would love to be a marriage pastor training other marriage pastors in other churches. I mean, I really thought that by now I would have been there. See, I, th- I would change the question. I think there are so many more things that I have done than I never thought I would than things that I haven't done. Okay. That What's I thought I would have. You don't like my questions. You want to rewrite them. Yeah, Go ahead and answer the question. Good point, Scotty. I like that. <laughs> I mean, okay. So What's something you accomplished you never thought you would? I never thought I'd lead a small group. I never I thought of BSF. Right. I never thought I'd travel as much as Kelly and I have. We've done so many wonderful things. I mean, we've met wonderful people. We've been truly blessed with our lives. And so... God has blessed us, and whatever happens in the future is up to Him, and we're going to do it. You know, if He tells us to do something, we're going to be obedient and follow it. Okay, Chris, take Scott's question. Nice work. Take Scott's (laughs) question. Okay, so what's something you've done that you never thought you would have done? I never thought I would be caught dead in a Southern Gospel group. That I know for sure. Amen to that. That's a good one. (laughs) That is a good one. I thought God answered prayer. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mark, what about you? Which way are you going to answer it? Something you haven't gotten accomplished that you really wanted to accomplish? Or something you accomplished you never thought you would? Well, I, I, for me, it's easy. I, I never thought I would have accomplished what I've accomplished so far. I mean, I think I alluded to it yesterday that if it all ended today, uh, I, can, I couldn't imagine it being any better than it has been. Uh, the only thing I would want, wish I would accomplish before I was 50, but will accomplish, 
is hopefully not in the too distant future, I will be writing that ever elusive book mm-hmm. that people have been bugging me to write. Mm. Yeah. I always thought that I would have also written my journal for the last 30 years, and I missed about 27 of them. <laughs> <Me dreaming. laughs> what, what's a journal? Yeah. yeah. It's a writing thing. Isn't that a newspaper? Yeah. Well, it is. In Wall Street, it is. All right. So uh, let's talk about, uh, I, I'm, this is a dangerous, I'm going to, it's dangerous. Oh, but I'm going to ask this question. What's your funniest memory from high school youth group, us being together, when we did something together? What's your funniest memory? Oh, boy. I already know that. I'm not answering it. <laughs> Scott's got his face. <laughs> but it entails dressing up like women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Trey Vemberly? That, that's your funniest, yes. that's your funniest yeah, memory? That's got to oh, be on. up there. How can that yeah. not be? I mean, but, but the coolest part about that night, if I, I don't know if I shared this with you guys. The coolest part about that night, I think I have. That night was the night I went home and my dad had quit smoking and was reading his Bible. Praise God. And, and just, and the amazing work that God has done in his life since that night, March the 6th, 1983, all, that was that night. All because we dressed up as women. Say, yeah. <laughs> when, Big John, when Big John saw me in the, in the skirt no, and in not. those tights, he, he said, not. The Lord Armageddon is coming, ways. I better get my act together. What I'm trying to figure out is, why in the world did we ever do that skit? What were we trying to prove? I think he was wow. praying for us. <laughs> How could he not? Oh Well, you know, he went on to play... The, dozen years of softball with you guys scott and jeff it, it's but it, it's that's just funny and that's i wondered if it is that what you were gonna say chris the funniest that's, thing? yeah that's probably I it. Mean, so we shared that night and the coolest part about that night wasn't what happened that night it was what happened when i got home that night and i looked and I'm like what happened Whoa, i was gone like wow it was the most incredible thing i will never forget that night i mean the stuff on stage okay but i, I walked in the door and I, and I see my dad in the corner reading his bible and i'm like what what happened? What happened tonight? It was unbelievable. It was so awesome. 33 years ago. That's what's incredible about that. All right, when we come back, I want to ask the question, what's one thing you want to say to those 30-year-olds listening to the show today that you wish somebody had said to you when you were 30 years old? That you now know the truth and you wish you had heard it 20 years ago. In fact, Mark, there's 15 seconds. What's one thing you want to say? Oh, I, I thought I had a chance to think about it. <laughs> I'll say it. Okay, go ahead. Don't steer your own boat. <laughs> you got five more seconds, Jeff. Invest oh. in Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, think about that. When we were in high school, Buy if Apple. we'd have bought Apple and Microsoft, we'd have we'd own this radio station and the whole 140 of them around the country. <laughs> True. And and we'd own Scott. We'd all had a fleet of motorhomes. Yes. Unbelievable. Think about that. If you'd have seen, yeah. Yeah. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Talking about turning 50 on I Work For Him. I've got my longtime friends in the studio with me today. Mark Pearson, Chris Fish, Scott Evenson, and Jeff Lindstrom. All of them friends. We've been friends 35-plus years. We shared life together in churches. We grew up in youth group. It's it's an incredible privilege to sit in a studio. Of course, none of us ever dreamed that we'd ever share a radio show together. Uh, Jeff and, and Chris have shared for a decade, shared a stage together as they've toured around the country singing together. Uh, it's what it, where our lives have taken us. Guys, the last question. What's one thing you want to say to the 30-year-olds listening today that you wish somebody had said to you when you were 30? Mark. Well, life will be difficult. There will be difficult decisions, and God will challenge you. 
without question. But you must not fight it. You must be obedient. No matter how difficult it seems at the time, you must completely put your trust and faith in him and be obedient. Do not fight it. You will lose. Chris, be intentional about who you spend your time with. And don't just let it happen. Seek out the people who uh, are godly people and uh, spend time with them. Jeffy, listen to his still small voice and just sit back and know that he is leading you and let him lead you, kind of as Mark said. Scotty. Uh, Your 30s are generally a time when you're caught up in uh, your career and sometimes family gets put on the side. So be intentional about calling parents and loving children and friends and spending time with them. You can make money, you can make millions, but family and friends are priceless. Hmm. And I would say from my own heart, get a mentor. If you don't have a grandparent in your life that's a Christ follower, find somebody else's grandparent and make them your mentor. And surround yourself with people way stinking smarter than you and surround yourself with people that love the Lord more than you, been walking with the Lord way longer than you, and spend time with them on a weekly basis. That's something I wish I'd have heard at 30. You've been listening to our work for him, and we've come to the end of another show. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks so much to hey, to Jose Cruz. <laughs> sorry, Jose. Ouch. I'm sorry. I just I'm sorry. Thanks so much, Jose, for doing a great job taking the calls and keeping track of this crowd has been awesome. I really appreciate you. Hey, go out to I Work for Him tonight. Go out to the front page iworkforhim.com at the bottom of the page. You'll find all of the show sponsors, the ministries, and the businesses that sponsor I Work for Him. Please go out there, do business with them. Check out their ministries. Let them know that you're listening and how much you appreciate them keeping us on the air each and every day. And when you're on I Work For Him tonight, join the I Work For Him nation. Look for the flag and make that commitment to start making a difference in your workplace on Monday morning by starting to pray for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. It's a privilege and what's guaranteed, guaranteed results. These past past results do guarantee future performance. When you start praying for your coworkers and employees, your heart will be transformed by our Lord. We got to remember, there's an epic battle out there for the souls of our coworkers and employees. The enemy takes it super duper seriously. But do you? Those people that you work with each and every day, they need to know the hope that lives within you. What kind of an impact are you making on them? By praying for them, the Lord will open up opportunities for you to share with them in a way that you never expected it. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I work for him.